Welcome to NFT Rebels, the podcast where technology, creativity, education, and non-fungible experiences meet each other. It's me, Annie Alexander, and in each episode, me and the Rebels will have a real unscripted talk, share genuine opinions, and show raw emotions. Should we start? Hello, hello everyone and welcome to the NFT Rebels. It's me, Annie Alexander, and today I have a guest that we all waited for for quite a while. I, I was even getting some questions from the audience beforehand when I, you know, posted that you're going to be on. So yeah, welcome. No Edward from Nano Region. Uh, welcome to the show. Nice to meet you. Thank you very much for having me. Um, it's uh, appreciate the invitation, and um, yeah, it's great to great to join you. That was some very snazzy intro music there. Quite quite the way to start the show. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm just yeah, I'm just bootstrapping everything, so um, I'm not very like I'm not a big fan of over polished and kind of you know overproduced stuff. So we just roll. We we don't script anything. We just go with the flow, and yeah, whatever happens happens so you know I'm, I'm sure it's live stream things happen yeah, it's, it's fine i think everyone is already used to it by now so so yeah thank you so um so yeah it took a while to sort of you know schedule this thing and um you know by then it feels maybe even it was better because during that period uh you know i i got a bit more exposure so it feels like now more people will be watching us than than if we initially <laughs> did it back in the days when we were supposed to to have the podcast. So thanks thanks for coming over. Um, and today, obviously, we will be talking about um, different NFT platforms and about curation and about artists, uh, how to get noticed, how to get on these platforms, how to choose platforms. You know, all this practical stuff that the newcomers kind of get overwhelmed with as soon as they get into the space. So I guess we'll just, you know, start with the regular kind of how did you end up in the NFT space question and then segue to the rest. Sure. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so I only entered the NFT space um, in late last year, sort of November time. Um friend of mine and a colleague now, um, Luke, we we're both at university together um, and he, we both graduated. We we're both doing art history together. Um, Luke reached out to Known Origin for some software development experience. Um, and I said to him, you know, if any jobs come up, let me know. Obviously, we've just graduated, both passionate about art, creativity, etc. Um, and he did. He got back in touch. And um, as it turned out, I came in to do a bit of freelance work for Known Origin. Um, and then from that, you know, one thing led to another and I started um, full time only in April of this year, in fact. So, you know, I've I've been in this space full time as a, you know, professionally for sort of six months plus. But, you know, in NFT years, in NFT time, that's quite a quite a while. So, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a bit, it's, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like three years in regular time. So quickly. But oh, absolutely. It's been amazing. And, it's... Yeah, Things are moving so fast, and you know, so many things are happening, and 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 it, it just feels like a roller coaster. So I feel like six months is kind of you know a, a, a quite a long period of time. Obviously, like you know, yeah, I mean, so, it, it all it's it all depends who you compare it with, right? If you compare it with someone who was kind of you know uh, breeding crypto kitties back in the days, or you know had a, minted a crypto punk for free, um, obviously, yeah, I mean, those those are orgies were around um, back 
then. Uh, but if you look at the new wave, you know, six months is already kind of, you know, a substantial period of time. So um, what is it in the NFT space that yeah. kind of, you know, excites you the most? It's a good, another good question. I mean, so personally, at the moment, my um, main remit consists of artist collective liaison, um, I do some curation, some writing, um, and I also um, handle some of the social media at Known Origin as well. Um, for me, I'm sort of a, a creative person, for first and foremost. And what excites me about the NFT space is just that it's it's just bristling with different forms of creativity, different personalities, different modes of expression. Um, you know, just I've never been in such a, an environment of where it's kind of just limitless creativity in the sense of you know everything that i'm doing is kind of within the context of the metaverse within the context of nfts of crypto art um but beyond those parameters you know i'm seeing you know real life shows we're seeing digital shows artists that work in exclusively digital artists that work physically and then digitize their work um you know i'm interacting with creative directors art directors you know people that work in fashion people that work in media journalism so for me, the most exciting thing about the NFT space is just the kind of the diversity of, of personalities out there is what I would say. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, um, as I said, like, you know, I'm, I'm just putting myself here in this conversation in, in a newbie artist's shoes, which, which actually I am. Um, but, um, but just, you know, I may end up picking up topics that may, may, may seem very basic, but I, I just want to take, you know, step by step, to, through the whole journey and try it to, to get, you know, as much from you as possible. So let's start from the very beginning, putting ourselves into new artists' shoes who kind of, you know, uh, have been creating since quite a while, discovered the NFT space, really resonated with it, realized that's the future, got into it. And then, you know, there are loads of things that they have to wrap their head about it. And, you know, in this specific conversation, I think it makes sense to talk about platforms, how many are there out there? And, you know, for the artist, how do I go about choosing? Because obviously, you know, you can't be on all of them at the same time. You probably need to understand, you know, the pros and cons of everyone uh, and, and try to pick one just, you know, to try that one and then move forward. So for someone who's just starting, like what what would be like your approach? What you advise where to start? Yeah. So I think if I was in that position that you've just outlined, I think the most important thing would be to familiarize yourself with some of the, the fundamentals, not just about, you know, NFTs, but about blockchain, about cryptocurrency, um, about kind of some of the ways in which the space operates. And then once you have an understanding of those kind of basic fundamentals, it's going to make your sort of journey into the NFT space much more, you know, much smoother and more easy. Um, if you can kind of make sense of some of the terminology um, and kind of understand a little bit about, you know, not the tech in, in terms of the complex mechanics, minute detail, but just understand some of the processes and how they work, that immediately is going to help your transition from being a typical or traditional artist into becoming an NFT crypto artist um, much easier. So once you've done that and you've kind of established the basics, um, I would sort of ask yourself the question, what what kind of art is it that you make and what kind of artist is it that you are? Um, you know, I can pr primarily speak from the position of 
my personal experience, which is as working with known origin and of course as a part of that i am familiar with the other platforms and have you know used them or in- interacted with them in different capacities um but i'm most you know most uh, well equipped to talk to you about known origin i would say that there are certain sites which kind of favor broad easy access so perhaps a site like foundation if you're just getting started in the nft space the kind of the barriers for entry for you you to becoming um you know able to release your work on foundation for example um are going to be you know lower and it's more accessible than they are for someone who's perhaps wanting to you know release work on nifty gateway or super rare um so that's what i would say i I would say you know decide who you are as an artist what it is what reason are you making art for are you making art because you want to get rich quick are you making art because you love it and you want to share it to as many people as possible um, is it a combination of the two or is it none of those things? You know, it's you need to ask yourself what what is you kind of you want from the space and what it is you can give. I mean, those aren't answers you have to have immediately. Sometimes people don't, you know, come up with those answers for long periods of time, if at all. But they're certainly helpful questions to ask yourself, I would say. And then once you've done that, I would sort of I would start looking at other artists who release work on those platforms um, and across all platforms, seeing, you know, is the work is this work similar to mine? Is it different to mine? Is there a niche in the market that hasn't been filled, which my work does? So I would say research, research around the platforms, look at art that's similar to yours, different to yours, you know, expose yourself to different forms of art, full stop, and that's gonna help inform your practice as a creator and as also as a creator who releases work on platforms. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's it's right in a sense that, you know, self-awareness and kind of, you know, understanding yourself in terms of, you know, uh what the big why behind it, why you're doing it is, is going to reveal a lot in terms of how you want to go about it. I mean, I don't really know you mentioned like um uh, getting rich quick. I don't know if there is specific, you know, platform that is going to help with that. I'm not so sure. Uh, but yeah, having kind of a, the end goal in place and having that specific why behind it, I think it's very mm. important. Uh, in terms of style, uh, I mean, do you do you think? I mean, there are two extreme opinions about style, right? Uh, and branding as an artist. Um, some are recommending just like in marketing, kind of niching down, picking your own style and sticking to it and being consistent. So you are becoming recognized within that style and people know what to expect and kind of, you know, people know that this is the type of the artist that you are and, you know, the type of art that you represent. The others are more open-minded in terms of, yeah, you can experiment, you can be different, you know, you can sort of, you know, try different things out and you don't really have to stick and limit yourself to one thing because NFT space kind of, you know, gives you so many different opportunities and different formats you can play with that you may end up coming with different ideas and and look at it like as a big kind of project that entails many things, including, you know, what you've been doing before or not. So uh, what what would you be your mm. opinion about that? Like, you know, I, I know that probably the truth is somewhere in between, but like, you know, for someone who's just getting into this exercise of making decisions and understanding where to start um, from these two extremes um, should they pick one or like how how to go about that mm. well 
you are right, and there there are those kind of two schools of thought divided into the kind of the sense of it's um, you know great to have an identifiable style. Um, it's going to help you in terms of marketing visibility, and then the other side, as you said, which is kind of you know don't confine yourself, be more exploratory, um, you know experiment with different forms of of expression and different kind of styles and aesthetics. Um, personally, as someone who been exposed to the work of hundreds and hundreds of artists literally if not thousands at this point um the cold hard reality is is that having a style matters and is important and you know i am i am i'm not and will never be someone who who encourages creators to limit their expression to kind of curtail the ways in which they choose to express themselves and practice you know, their craft and, and express themselves. But the, the fact of the matter is, if you're creating art with a view to sell it, like many people are, the fact is you need a style. It is, it's as simple as that. Every single artist I can think of who sells well across the, the metaverse, across the NFT space, they have a style, like it or not. You know, some of those, sometimes the artist, if I'm honest, if perhaps if they're not a commercially successful artist, their style isn't great, in my opinion, at least. But the fact is, having an artist with mediocre work, but a recognisable style in a super crowded environment, in a marketplace, ultimately, the artist that has the style is going to, has more kind of visibility than someone who doesn't have a style. So, as I say, if you're yeah. if you're an artist who wants to release art purely for self-expression and for, and for the, the ideas of sharing it with people, then I would encourage you to be as expressive, as expansive in your practice as you, as you want to be. However, if you're an artist who is concerned with express self-expression and, and being creative, but ultimately wants to gener- generate money and they want their work to find its way into collectors' hands, you have to have a style. I mean, I don't need mm-hmm. to name you artists, but I could just immediately, as I'm thinking of some of my favourite crypto artists or even just prominent artists, full stop, in the NFT space, they all have a style. And not just that, if you think about traditional art, if you think about you know some of the, the masters of, mm-hmm. of art, Basquiat, you know, Van Gogh, Picasso, any any of the huge artists they all have a style Damien Hirst even his sort of conceptual installation if someone was to turn around to you and point to any Damien Hirst piece you wouldn't say oh that doesn't look like a Damien Hirst because it fits with their aesthetic their style their unique Mm -hmm. flavor as an artist so my advice in a nutshell to you two artists that are kind of trying to figure out and make sense of that problem or that kind of philosophical question and decide where do I fit in on that spectrum I would say spend as much time as you can exploring experimenting once you find a bit of a groove or an aesthetic niche which fits with you and you feel comfortable in run with that and and work in that vein yeah basically uh, um for uh for like career wise and for 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 making consistent sales and stuff like that it it totally makes sense to stick to a certain style and i i completely understand that because it's the same thing in you know in in where i'm coming from from the from the writers you know communities and and from self-publishing and it was the same thing because the logic was that you know if you're a crime writer or romance writer you start growing your readership of people who like to read that that style that type of books 
And then, you know, the probability that you will start getting a loyal audience of people who will, you know, be waiting for your next book uh, would would increase the possibility that they will buy mm-hmm. the next book, right? While if you start writing crime and then switch to romance and then switch to something else, every time you probably would be searching for new audience that prefers that style. I mean, I think that's the logic behind it, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and and it kind of makes sense because, you know, we all have our kind of liking different things. It's pretty subjective. And um, yeah, if you look at the things that we choose usually and we collect, uh, in, in most cases, it's in line with, you know, with an overarching something that unites them all, right? So, yeah. so completely makes sense. Um, okay, so um, for those, there are some platforms that are kind of, you know, considered very respectable and get and you know getting into it is quite hard because they curate the artists, they approve the artists, so it's not mm-hmm. like you know somewhere where you can just you know get in and open an account and start minting right mm-hmm. yeah. um so i mean non origin is one of them right i mean you have to to get approval and uh many uh many have haven't been approved so they are still waiting and they will be reapplying later on again and stuff like that so um what are you looking into? Like, I'm sure, like, just recently you got tons of applications, right, with that wave. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and obviously you approved way less people than, you know, the, the ones who applied. So um, do you have, like, the, do you want to share, like, the, the things that you're looking into when you're getting the applications and what actually is important for you when you discuss with the team, like, how, how to choose among so many artists yeah yeah so um that question actually kind of relates to the to the the previous question so i mean when obviously as you mentioned we have a a large volume of applications um so and obviously it's kind of we are a curated platform as you mentioned and it's 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 tricky because it's, it's striking a balance between um you know offering people the opportunity to kind of share their creativity and also kind of maintaining a kind of what we perceive to be a standard, if you will. Um, and a standard is of course objective. Um, but in terms of, you know, what, what we look for, there are certain things that we, we, we very much do look for when we, when we, you know, um, assess an application. The first thing is we'll, we'll check someone's social media and their portfolio and, um, so typically some people will just use Instagram as their portfolio. Some people will um, submit a separate Google Drive, which contain a selection of their works. But for us, we really want to see the fact that someone has some work and ideally that they're engaged online with the NFT community. Now, that doesn't mean they have to have a big social media following. They could have 13 followers that, you know, and, and no retweets. But we want to see them you know, engaged with NFTs, talking about NFTs, joining conversations about NFTs, retweeting their friends, you know, NFTs posts, mm-hmm. just generally being an active and positive member of, you know, that part of the metaverse, the NFT sphere. Um, but that's only one side of it. And of course, the artwork is, is imperative as well. But the reason I say it ties into the, the previous question is because when we're assessing people's artwork, it, it again, it is quite often about having a style. And, you know, 
we're not limited in what we consider a style to be. You know, it could be mud painting with, you know, paw prints, or it could be, you know, food on your face, like food mask you, shout out to Antonius. So it could be, it could be many different things, but really we want to see at the point of applying, we, or at least this is, I'm speaking for myself here. And I know this is the general sort of philosophy at Known Origin. We want to see an artist who isn't just kind of exploring art they've actually exploring art but they've also find found a little groove for themselves now that could be something like you know that could be they love just working with the color purple um in different creative unusual ways or they like you know depicting i don't know lands glitchy landscapes it could be anything but the point is they've reached a point in their kind of art making where they've they found a little part of creativity which, which suits with them and and fits well with them and when you look at their work you look back at the last four eight ten pieces you can mm-hmm. see that you, know, you can see that in their work you can see the fact that they've been on a journey of you know expression and discovery and have reached a point where they're creating art in a little groove and if they're at that point or nearly at that point and we can see that in their work you know they might only have four pieces up on their on their page but if we can see that they have again, a style, uh, an identifiable aesthetic to their work, that's going to stand them in really good stead and is going to stand them in better stead than having 50,000 followers and, you know, a thousand retweets. So it's really, to, to sum up your question and answer your question, it's a combination of online engagement and work which is, you know, at least somewhat consistent, if not if not in medium, at least in kind of um, aesthetic. So those are things mm-hmm. I look for Okay. Yeah, I get it. So would you say that like your part uh, your platform is more suitable for relatively like more established or more experienced artists because you know you're also looking at their, you know, journey and and previous accomplishments and kind of comparing the style to make sure that it's it's within the same one like mm-hmm. um probably it would be difficult for someone who's just starting and doesn't really have those so to speak, proofs to showcase for yeah. you to to see the potential in them before there is something there out already, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say that it, we we as a platform we are suited to people that are new to the crypto space and to making new to making crypto art, but not necessarily to people that are kind of new to art making. If that makes sense, so some people we have. Um, on the platform who've joined us and they're traditional artists that you know they've been I don't want to say successful because you don't need to have been a successful commercially successful artist selling lots of work but you know we have artists on the platform who have worked in a physical traditional capacity we they apply to known origin and we look and I can look at their Instagram and go oh wow those these black and white etchings oh these were made with you know charcoal and just you know just charcoal on paper but how how sick would that look as a you know as a digital piece and so you know it's not a case of being new to new to crypto art but new to new to art is something which is is more tricky because really we want at the point of onboarding artists in origin we want them to be at a point where we can kind of support them but they're ready to run if that makes sense so they might you know take a while finding their feet but ultimately they kind of they're comfortable in making and producing and releasing and talking about even their art on their social media. So we welcome, honestly, anyone listening to this who's kind of new to crypto art, but loves loves creativity, loves making art. I'd 
you know, definitely recommend or encourage you to apply at the next application round. But just try and think about um, if you were in my shoes or another member of staff's shoes and you're assessing your work, can we tell just by looking at it who you are and, and what it is you like doing? Um, so, yeah, so don't be discouraged if you're new to the space, but but certainly kind of look around and see how other people that have been successful in different ways are doing it and perhaps take some guidance from them. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I want to talk about a little bit kind of, you know, bridging the digital and and the, the real life experiences. So I've, I have been on the event here in London, organized with uh, by Ethereum London, where, you know, we had that... Um, NFT gallery and and the the works there were curated and 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 chosen by known origin. Um, so you know there were many people who kind of you know saw things in in sort of physical um, representation mm. and and uh, were able to uh, to observe things and to discuss things um, in in real life between themselves. Um, and many people were not even sort of you know did not know much about crypto art so that was their first experience of wrapping their head around it and actually seeing what it means um so um how important that is do you think kind of bringing that from a platform to a more kind of you know physical environment and and you know how important it is for you for people who are not yet involved in the sphere to actually understand what it's all about yeah i mean i think i think it's crucial personally particularly at, you know at this point in time if we're having this conversation in 3 years then perhaps my answer wouldn't be the same. But I think certainly now it's, um, you know, digital art, crypto art is still something that to many people is a is a strange and kind of, you know, unwelcome concept in, in certain terms. It kind of everything we, we know about art in some capacity, you know, the finished physical article, digital art in some sense kind of, you know, uh, removes the need for the physicality of, of, of artwork to be physical. And so for me, I've always been very keen on the idea of kind of bridging or at least kind of blurring the lines between the worlds of physical and digital. And I think that um, I think that physical in real life events are really, really good for doing so. And I think even in due course, five, 10 years, you know, however long down the line, I still think physically being in the presence of art in a, in a designated art space, whether that's a, a gallery or, you know, any form of exhibition, art museum or otherwise, I think actually being able to sort of stand in a, in a space that a physical space that that's dedicated to the, the appreciation and, and consumption of art is really important. So I think for me, even when you're working with digital art and, you know, it's all just on screens, it exists only, you know, as a, as a file of, of data. I think still having that physical experience is important to actually kind of, you know, experience the art and it's in its in its fullest. I mean, you, you mentioned the, um, the the gallery that the sorry the exhibition that No Origin were a part of down in London. I mean, some of those pieces, for example, they look great on the screen. They look they look great on my computer and on my phone. But I think it's an entirely different kind of experience when you're you're stood in front of a screen and you're sort of stood in a room and people are there to you know explicitly appreciate and, and engage with the art. So I think physical experience is not something that should be overlooked or, or minimized, even as virtual worlds and virtual gallery spaces kind of 
like flourish and thrive. I, th- I still think having those those um, those physical spaces are important, not just to bring people and familiarise people with the space, but just in terms of actually being able to appreciate art in its in its fullest. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Um, there are different platforms as we already mentioned, and different platforms kind of you know put different weight of importance uh, about how user-friendly they are, how user-centric they are, and how much do they actually support the artists, right? For some, I'm not going to ma- name anyone, but like for some platforms, it's just a platform and they are focusing more on the features and on the fact that it all works, but they, you know, the, the artist is by himself on his own and kind of has to figure out everything and kind of, you know, navigate the spaces the, the way he can. Um, some platforms actually do promote the artist, do support them and kind of, you know, ha- create also a relationship with those and, and go beyond you know the role of just being a platform and providing the territory where where the, the artists can just represent their work. So, um, where does Nona Region stand in that respect? What's your approach and what's your kind of you know um, uh, how, how do you look at it? How important the relationship with the artist is, and and what are you doing for them? Yeah, it's it's a great question that one. I mean, Nona Region. First and foremost, um, we are a kind of a community orientated platform. Community is, and this isn't just a soundbite, I really do mean this. Community is extremely important to us at Known Origin. We really try to involve, um, you know, the community in in as much of of the activity, uh, much of the operations as possible. We really do. We, We hold, you know, Twice, twice monthly community calls, which we sort of play back um, to the to the community what's been going on, sort of analytics, um, you know, different metrics, um, and obviously allow them or give them the opportunity to sort of ask us questions and kind of feedback to us anything that's going right or things that aren't going right. Um, so really, you know, in origin it is it is a community first platform, um, and hopefully, people you know in the community, I, I see a lot of positive comments. Um, and that's really because we really do try. I mean, I can tell you honestly that I spend a lot of time replying to comments on Twitter, you know, liking people's posts, sending supportive messages because I believe it's important. And I believe that you kind of have to make the noise and be the, be the sort of without sounding cliched, you kind of have to be the change that you want to see. Um, and so for us, Known Origin, it's kind of, we didn't want to just replicate the kind of closed door policy of the old art world where unless you know someone or you're an established artist you know you're not going to sell work and you're not going to have a career you know we are a curated platform we're not open access but that's again kind of for the benefit of the community if you kind of keep the standard to a certain level Mm -hmm. then ultimately once people are kind of through the door that's just going to help create a truly kind of exciting dynamic environment in which those artists can kind of flourish hopefully that being said, um, in terms of the tech, the, the the founders, two of the founders are blockchain engineers, software developers by trade, and I'm not just saying this because they're you know they're my bosses, but they are truly exceptional at what they do, and they are you know they've built I won't list them, but they've they've built some of the major projects, early major projects in the NFT space, and that's because really just that they have the the expertise to to really bring some kind of incredible innovation to the NFT space. Um, just one quick example, James, one of the founders, um, he's been working this year on a proposal, EIP, one, um, 
2581, I believe. Um, it's an Ethereum improvement, um, Ethereum 2981, yeah. It's an Ethereum pro- improvement proposal that basically seeks to standardize um, royalty payments, uh, secondary royal- royalty payments um, across platforms. Now, that's oh, okay. not that kind of you know generates more money for known origin it's something it's kind of because we feel and acknowledge that it's important for creators to to receive the royalties that their work generates and that kind of ties so that's a kind of an example of a tech feature that ties into our ethos as a platform now i've asked the founders previously you know where do you where, where do you see known origin you know going and what's what's your ambition as a kind of a founder and and the answer basically comes back to providing the tools to empower creatives that's kind of that's not the, yeah. the slogan but that's kind of what it comes down to and so really it's kind of I'm kind of on the community side of things and the artist collector liaison side of things and then there's, you know there's the, the tech side of the team which are kind of they're concerned with holding things together and bringing some incredible innovation to the space and I think just to, to wrap up I think that's what make known origin has really helped known origin and it's sort of that's why we're seeing this kind of continued sustained success is because we care about both sides of it the community as well as the innovation that can be brought through the tech implementation yeah sounds great um so i think it's uh, it's also obviously like many most of the platforms had kind of you know had shown growth because the whole space has been growing massively in general right the market mm-hmm. itself was very uh, fruitful in that respect it grew a lot it was hyped a lot there was loads of attention and you know um things like people more people were attracted to the space than you know they were about even a year ago right so the whole kind of you know timing was was different um um, what do you think, like, fr- from your perspective, like, obviously, that speed of the growth and, and kind of, you know, the way it is now may probably slow down or not. I don't know. Like, how do you imagine this developing further? Um, do you expect this massive growth and, and high speed to continue? Or, like, how do you see this in the future? Yeah, I mean, so, <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a tr- tricky kind of question to answer because I'm kind of speculating. Um, but I, I, my theory is, is that the NFT space, in some respect, will kind of mirror cryptocurrency more broadly. We'll see mm-hmm. this kind of these these peaks and troughs, this surge in interest, a kind of cooling off period, you know, that, that mirrors the kind of the uh, the financial markets with cryptocurrency. But I think ultimately, if we're talking about NFTs rather than just crypto art, I mean, NFTs as a, as a kind of a concept um, have the potential to really, without, you know, um, speaking in a hyperbolic sense, they really do have the opportunity to seriously, seriously disrupt and kind of um, reshuffle and reimagine entire industries across the board, not just in art. Um, you know, with in with the kind of the potential that the the non fungible tokens that that come with them, so I think if we if if that's the kind of the, the premise and that's the the potential, I think that we're going to see huge societal changes in due course. And I think with art specifically, it's going to be just the same. I think ultimately, what people the ugly truth of the matter is there's art and there's the art market. And the art mm-hmm. market is inherently linked to money. That's just a fact of the matter. Every major artist that you can think of, they're not collected 
primarily by people that love their work and are passionate about their work. They're collected by financial speculators. And that's okay. That's that's how the art market is. And that's kind of just the nature of the beast. Um, and the thing about NFTs and crypto art specifically is that they allow all kinds of new opportunities for investors and for people seeking to look to art as a means of generating and storing wealth. So with that respect, I think that the future looks, you know, very bright for crypto art, particularly as we move increasingly into this kind of digital age where the physical product isn't always the the ultimate end goal. So I think, you know, things things are looking really exciting. Um, and I think only time will tell. But but certainly I think we'll see a cooling off because, as you say, it has been a fantastic year, albeit with some bumps. I think there will be a cooling off, but I also do think the longer term goal remains the same and, and that we'll see, you know, crypto art become much more of a part of the art market in general. Okay, sounds interesting. Um, in that case, since you kind of mentioned the art market in general and, you know, crypto art getting in as, as being part of it, um, what do you think, like we already saw some of the auction houses like Christie's and Sudbury getting involved in the space. Um, and uh, what's your views about that? What is going to be their role? Because to be fair, like I have a feeling like they can't really get into the space by keeping their role the way it has been exactly uh, before because the whole idea of decentralization and you know of nfts particularly i think the the most appealing story for the artists have been the fact that they are no gatekeepers right so eventually they can sort of you know have a direct uh, access and directly speak and engage with with their uh with the people who would you know appreciate and buy their art so um so how do you see like how do you see the role of all these different um gatekeepers slash you know curators as well partly because right i mean not everyone can get into non region or some other platforms right away um so how do you balance this thing like how do you think is things are going to evolve are are these big big brands uh, who have been playing a role of, I don't know, like auction houses, critiques, uh, you know, all these big players that in the beginning with NFTs, everyone was bypassing. Um, once they get involved, will they change their role and adapt and, and you know, be a bit different? Or would they just bring in the same model just simply into the blockchain? It's, it's a really interesting um question to consider really and i suppose it's another one that really only time will tell but i mean certainly as you say one of the most appealing things um for people about the nft space about blockchain is is the kind of removal of the need for these gatekeepers these kind of institutions or individuals who hold the power and are the the arbiters of you know who gets to sell who's who's deemed good enough um you know, in order to get into, in order to have your sort of work sold at Sotheby's or Christie's, there kind of has to be, um, you know, a long-standing provenance or cachet associated with your name as an artist. You know, now you could be an, an, an unknown artist from Thailand, in rural Thailand, with an internet connection. You submit four pieces in an application uh, to known origin or, or whoever, you get accepted and within a week, people are buying your work, it's selling out and it's selling for thousands. And before you know it, that, that figure increases and increases. 
So really, the, the role of the auction houses is is an interesting one to consider. I mean, some of the moves we've seen, sort of Sotheby's and Christie's make into the, the NFT space, they've been, you know, they've been successful, but then you would expect them to be successful given the sort of resources and connections that those institutions have. I think moving forward, though, it's kind of a case of who needs who more. Does the NFT space need Sotheby's or does Sotheby's and co need NFTs in that that market more? I would argue it's the latter. So Sotheby's and Christie's are going to have to be very careful about how they position themselves in this new emerging and increasing market. It's not, you know, it's not a market that's going to, you know, grow in, grow in size to 2% of the art market. And then that's it. That's mm-hmm. all it's going to do. Yeah. You know, as I say, in a, in a world where the digital is increasingly the way things are, I think we're going to see an exponential rise in digital art as as a share of the overall art market. So it'll be it'll be interesting, and it will require very careful um, maneuvering on behalf of these auction houses um, in order to kind of not alienate the very segment of the market which they the, the new market which they kind of want to access. So it'll be interesting to see whether these auction houses, um, you know, whether, in what capacity these moves, in what capacity they they will make moves, will they align with existing platforms and a kind of partnership deal? Will they create their own platforms? Will they, you know, simply try and do some sort of crossover, you know, cr- crossover operation? It, it, it's hard to know, really. I certainly don't see the auction house. This is my personal view. I don't I see the, I see the role of auction houses and digital art as being complementary. I don't think that they have to be mm-hmm. warring factions. But I also think that the the crypto art industry and the NFT industry as a general it, it's not reliant on the the legacy kind of institutions in the art world as it would have been in previous times okay yeah i mean i i would tend to agree with you there and the interesting thing is like i just recall like because i'm coming from the self-publishing background right back in the days like nine years ago almost 10 years ago when i was self-publishing on 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 the amazon platform you know we had the same similar appealing story right oh my god like we don't need agents anymore we don't need publishing houses anymore we don't have to give this massive chunk of our royalty while selling our books now we can do directly through a platform and all that stuff so you know the the story and kind of the logic was you know has certain similarities and when i'm looking at that story um back in those days um i remember in the london book fair um there was kind of you know of in in olympia it, it, in this huge huge space there were all these big publishing houses literary agents and all these you know famous writers in in that fair and there was a very small, tiny kind of, you know, uh, space which was for related to self-publishing, right? There was like Amazon Kindle publishing uh, boots, a small thing. There was a Kobo one and, you know, a few others. And and they had also kind of different conversations with writers, uh, mini events and things like that. The interesting thing is that, you know, when you had those badges and it's that kind of, you know, self-publishing author or self-publishing agency or whatever it was when you were going to the other places through these traditional kind of spaces uh people were perceiving it like it was still this notion that oh you know self-published authors are not real writers 
oh, self-published book is not really a book. And, you know, it was always this perception in the in the beginning, at least, of that being like a second class compared to, to the real thing, right? Do you mm. think there is anything like that here in this space, you know, from the, tr- the way... Do, do traditional art players, role players look at it that way or, or, or here it's different? I think my impression thus far is that it, it's different. It, it really is different. And I think that's kind of one of the, the liberating things about this, about this space is, is that some of those kind of pre-existing, um, you know, norms, traditions and attitudes are kind of being quite quickly eroded by the power of the ability of creators to directly share their work in a way in which it will reach people quickly and it on mass. So I think some, so I think really it is I would describe crypto art as a great equalizer. The only barrier really to to artists is getting accepted onto a platform. Once you're accepted onto a platform and you're able to sell your work, you know, really, really it's a completely level playing field. It, it really is beyond obviously platforms promoting specifically artists, um, you know, and not choosing to not promote other artists. Um, but beyond that, in terms of actually having the capacity to, to, to self publish or, you know, if you will, in that, in that sense, I don't think those same attitudes apply or, or are relevant. Um mm-hmm. So that's kind of a real a real game changer, along with these kind of royalties, which which again, which just isn't a part of the traditional art market. Just to briefly digress, if you're an artist and you you know you sell your work for a thousand dollars, and then you're you know you become up successful and you start selling your work for ten thousand dollars, you know into the traditional art market you would see no of that increase. That's just tough. It is what it is. You sold it when you had it, but with you know the crypto art market. Assuming you're, you know, you're able to receive royalties based on the on the the tech implemented, you know, it's quite a powerful thing to for a, for a creator. And it's not just artists; it could be not just visual artists; it could be poets, musicians, you know, whatever type of artist you want to name. It could be dancers, anyone that chooses to tokenize their their craft. The yeah. opportunity to sort of be reimbursed financially on a repeat basis is is revolutionary. It's not dramatic or you know over the top to say that. And so I think in that kind of environment and that kind of climate, some of the perhaps pre-existing rituals or, as I say, attitudes around art production and art sharing, they're just quickly, they're just disappearing because they they, they don't hold relevance in in such a new market, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. And uh, I think this has been a very positive community very open very helpful and you know although it's it's still part of the crypto um you know market uh, but it feels like it doesn't really have some of um, those uh, crypto related you know toxic yeah, some toxic elements um that mm. crypto has at the moment at least um so so yeah i mean i guess if if we have to wrap it up, like, you know, going back to the creators, um, in order, like, the, if you had sort of, you know, an advice in terms of, is there, I mean, I know that there is no one size fits all and there is no magic button and there is no one thing that kind of, you know, can predict success. Um, but if, 
which are the elements that are very important to pay attention to? Because I think here the difference is that if in traditional outward, uh, somehow to some degree, um, right, uh, uh, creators could afford not being visible and not putting themselves out there um, and engaging to such level, here it's a bit different, right? Here there are like more things that they have to take care of and more more elements kind of, you know, package into uh, into this whole being a crypto artist kind of role, right? Mm. So, so what are the things that an artist absolutely needs to pay attention to and and kind of not ignore um if if you know we're we're thinking about kind of you know serious sustainable long-term career in the field yeah yeah i mean the, there are certain um things that, that that definitely do require kind of close attention um i suppose really it, it's okay i mean you're either an artist, this is my experience, you're either an artist whose work is so self-obviously brilliant by the vast majority of eyes that see it, you know, in the just the overall visual impact. That's assuming we're talking about visual art for the sake of ease. You're either an artist whose work speaks for itself instantly and people get it, you know, irrespective of what country they're from, where they are in the world, whatever, they get it when they see your work and you know, it's clear that you have it, that kind of magical, special, intangible quality. Only some artists are like that. The, the, the cold reality of it is only a small percentage of artists who are like that. And for the vast majority of artists, treating yourself as a brand and as a as a marketer is, is a cold, uncomfortable reality of being a crypto artist. Yeah. Now, when I say that, I mean that basically you have to, and this applies to even those artists who are, do have that kind of special quality where you can just look at their work and it immediately amazes you. Even those artists, they still have to pay attention to the following, which is paying close attention to social media. Now, it's just a fact of life that if you are going to be trying to promote your work in an online capacity, you have to give attention to your social media. That doesn't mean spend your life chained to its social media, but it means you have to be present on several platforms. It's not good enough to just have a Behance online portfolio and think mm -hmm. that people are just going to pop up and find your work and you're going to become successful and you know wealthy and have a long glittering career it's not going to work like that it's the same as kind of when we look at when we're looking at artist applications we're looking for people that are engaged people that are talking about nfts people that are you know sharing their work and this is something i would say this is a tip that i would give to any artist in the space and i think is a is a really helpful one from my experience is that share the story behind the work yeah. so that means if you've got a piece share work in progress shots do a tweet where you talk about the inspiration for this piece S share a picture of you at your workspace or you know the, the paint on the floor or this you know the the digital pen on the ipad whatever it is you need to give something you need to give people a narrative to connect to and to buy into because yeah. when people feel when people feel more connected to your work, they're more likely to connect your work. Uh, sorry, when people are more connected to your work, they're more likely to collect your work. And so it, the way that you do that is either by having, as I say, incredible work, which speaks for itself, or you have good work, which is also connected to an underlying narrative. And basically, you, you need to give people a reason to be interested in your story. There's a, there's a million other artists out there. 
some of whom will have similar levels of skill or even, you know, creative vision or creative execution. So how are you going to stand out from those those thousands of those millions? And you do it by being personality. And that's just, again, a cold, cold, hard fact of the matter. Not everybody's confident being a personality, being on camera, showing their face, revealing their real name. And that's fine. But if you're not going to do that, you still need to be sharing shots of your work, talking online, tagging in your friends, joining yeah. clubhouse meetings, Twitter spaces, whatever it is, just be active and be visible. If you're visible, then the more eyes are on you, then the more likely there are going to be people who see your work and want to, you know, be a part of your journey and collect your work. I totally agree with you. I, I, you know, um, I, I think the same way and we've seen too many proofs about that. And, you know, even if you're not very, you know, for different reasons, you don't want to reveal your identity, you can still showcase your personality in your interactions and it still works, right? Definitely. Because I think the, you know, the artwork represents part of the artist and that backstory is very important because it also kind of, you know, explains a bit um, and and also creates part of that work out there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I know it's not comfortable. It may be scary and, and all that stuff, but it definitely creates this emotional collection, connection and many people mm. will resonate with, with the stories behind behind it and um and after all like you know people may copy your style or may try to do something very similar in terms of format concept etc but no one can actually copy being you uh, so you know the more of yourself you put out there the more you know you differentiate and kind of you know also reduce the risk of having copycats that may succeed because no mm. one actually can play can can be yourself right so exactly. that's that's kind of the way i look at it and i know it's scary it's not comfortable especially when you're you know we we, we look at this thing and it's most of in most cases one of the most important social media channel is twitter right and and the way Twitter works at the moment uh, in most cases is you will be talking to people you might not know who might be behind avatars, right? Who might be like, uh, yeah, I mean, until you put yourself out there and start engaging, you will not really know who's out there and who will resonate with you and who will be attracted to your vibe and, you know, um, who will be starting kind of, you know, getting next to you and, and creating that initial support system as well, right? You do need sure. a support system. So, Yeah, no, I, I agree. And just to, to just to latch on to your point there, I think that's that's one of the, the really nice things is that when you are active again, even in an anonymous, faceless capacity, you, you will find people that are, are like, you know, like minded souls. And that's something that's one one thing that I've really found about the NFT space is there are so many supportive people that, that genuinely, genuinely want to see their their friends and their peers do well. It's not, you know, they're, they're, they might be competitive and they still want to sell their work, but it's not at the detriment of other people. And so if you particularly if you are someone who, let's say you're someone who, you know, you're perhaps a bit of an introvert, you love making art, it's it's important to you, but you're not comfortable, you know, being out there, showing your face, um, having conversations, you know, with people. I think if you just kind of put yourself out there a little bit more, again, could be in a faceless, anonymous capacity, but that's going to give you just life skills as well as kind of as well as advancing your kind of artistic career, that's just going to help you develop confidence in both yourself as well as a creator. And you'll find that you'll you'll meet similar people, whether those are kind of, you know, 
quote unquote, you know, nerds that like playing video games in their dark basement, you, you know, that's fine. You, you'll find people that are like you and feel the same way. And if you feel strange or weird or alienated or uncomfortable, that's okay. And you'll find people that are like that and can, you know, click with you on that and offer support and you can and you can gel with them on that. So yeah, anyone out there feel confident in in uh you know making moves in the space and putting yourself out there in whatever com- in whatever capacity kind of fits for you and, and feels comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. Agree with you. I think it's a it's a nice positive way to wrap up the the show. Um thank you very much for um for your time um and and for the conversation. Um I think it was very useful and it also gave um many kind of, you know, answers and insights uh from from your personal perspective and from from the platform's perspective so i think people will be more clear now about how it operates what you guys believe in and um and why some people were rejected and some not (laughs) so um so that's it uh thank you very much uh and uh yeah for everyone who was listening thanks for um being here i truly appreciate you and i'll meet you in the next episode take care everyone thanks a lot that's all that i had for you today thank you very much for listening i truly appreciate every single one of you if you enjoyed the episode please subscribe to the podcast and leave a review because that would help the podcast grow And to make sure that you're up to date with my articles as well, please subscribe to my newsletter at anialexander.com backward slash NFT rebels. Take care and I'll meet you in the next episode.